Hello, my friends, Nick Labretti here for JR Cigars. And here at JR, we are passionate about everything. You want cigars? We're passionate about Romeo, Monte Cristo, Aging Room. You passionate about cigar cutters, lighters? We have everything. We are passionate about life here at JR Cigars and only here at JR Cigars. Did we get it? I'm not sure. What do you mean you're not sure? I'm out here busting my hump. I got Mike guy in here. Get this freaking camera out of the way. At JR Cigars, we're passionate about everything. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. It's Friday night. It is Friday night, Herf. The moment that we wait for all week long on the dojo and dojoverse.com. Get your dojoverse.com app out. Start checking into your favorite cigars. Jeez, you sound so mellow. I know. You it's just check into one of those bad boys. I, 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 Give little, it a thumbs up if you're like. Yeah, there's a little jazz. I got a little jazz feel tonight. Go on, Jordan. <laughs> a little jazz feel. Hey, Jordan, the other day I saw... I saw an old guy get hit. What? I saw an old guy get run over <laughs> on his bicycle. It's not funny, but I'm laughing. Well, uh, he was unhurt. You said old guy get hit. He was uh, unhurt. He was unhurt. <laughs> but it was the weirdest thing. It was like in slow motion. There's this old guy, and he's on a bike. And he's a cute old guy, you know, doing his thing. And he's going to cross the street, and this lady, she's trying to turn right, so she's not looking. And she slow motion hits, hits him. And here's the, here's the crazy thing about this story. This is where I want to get to in life. I want to be this old guy. Because the old dude, he doesn't complain. He doesn't say one word. He just stands up. He picks up his bicycle. And he just walks away. And the girl, the lady gets out of her car. She's like, I'm so sorry. I ran you over. And he just walked away. He didn't say one we word. We could use a little more of that. I need to get to Toughen that. Toughen up. I need to get to that stage in my life. I'm not trying to sue anybody. Where I get run over by a I car. Mean, I would feel like I should at least get my bike <laughs> fixed. But. <laughs> Anyways, it was it was really interesting. <laughs> I had never really quite seen anything. Tough old guys. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that generation, they're just like it's like so much tougher than our generation. Guys, this is the this is great. A week from today is the big moment. It was ten years ago. Ten years ago, actually, it was more than ten years ago when we started. CigarDojo.com, right? We started at CigarDojo.com. And then sometime in the summer, late July-ish, actually, like, we don't exactly know the date. Nobody knows. Nobody exactly knows the date is when we started the Dojo app. And obviously the Dojo app, the original one, is kind of where things really got started. Um, and so it's been 10 years. Now, how do you celebrate, how do you celebrate a monumental occasion like that? Well, we're going to be celebrating the rest of this year, and it all kicks off right here, baby. Just throw some of these picks on. Oh, you look, show it first. I'll throw some picks on. Look at this. Back. Look at this. This is the, uh, I mean, 10th anniversary. I mean, there's, there's no better 10th anniversary. If you type in 10th anniversary cigar, not even a brand, into Google, the first whole page is all Perdomo. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a specially made uh, Perdomo Champagne. It's the 10th anniversary. And if you, uh, you can't, I don't know if you can, Jordan might show some of these pictures, but um, this is a Dojo Toro, we call it, because this cigar does not exist in any of the, uh, in Whoa, any of that. their portfolio. It's a six by 56. Now, some people were saying like, oh, 56 is too big for me. It's not a big 56. It's a really nice size. I think you guys are going to dig it. Um, but the beauty of this thing is 
There's so much amazing, delicious tobacco inside a Perdomo champagne. We just wanted to have more of that experience because it's just butterscotch, it's cedar, it's caramel, it's all of those flavors. And you don't get even a hint, Jordan, not even a hint of that sort of grassy Connecticut. No! Nothing, there's not even a hint of that because all Secondary the tobacco. barrel fermentation. Yeah, it's been uh, bourbon barrel aged, so it is just buttery smooth. If you want to have a great cigar with a coffee or an espresso in the morning, this well, this baby right here. I'm not like, if you know, I'm normally uh, like a large ring gauge guy. You know, like a, I'm uh, more of like a Corona Gorda guy. But, you know, if you have some of the greatest filler tobaccos at your disposal, why not accentuate you know, accentuate it a little bit? I'm totally fine with that. So that's what we did. Uh, this project has been in the works for over a year, and, and finally the cat is out of the bag. Super excited about that. And just a reminder, uh, please do not put cats in bags. It's not, <laughs> you shouldn't put a cat. Or on a leash. I've put a cat on a leash. They don't like that either. The cats. They just, they just drag across the, the ground. Cats are kind of a different animal. They, like, they don't like to be in bags. But anyways, here, so here's the deal. Next Friday, uh, these will go on sale at JR Cigars. <clears throat> and this is a box of eight. And the box will go for 80 bucks. So it's basically 10 bucks a cigar. How quick I am at math, Jordan. Did you get that? Wow. Quick at math. So you're not going to want one of these. You're not going to want two of these. You're probably going to want three of these. You're going to want to smoke one right off the truck. Right off the truck. And then save a box or two for later. Because this, this is not only a bargain, but it's got the beautiful commemorative dojo 10th anniversary graphics, the, do, the Dojo sub band oh. on the cigar. Yeah, look at that 10th anniversary logo. It's, every, Come on. it's everything that you want in a commemorative cigar. So we're super look excited at this. about it. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Jordan's getting a little too excited. But here's, here's the, also the deal. Um, as we normally do on the day of the release, if you post your proof of purchase on the Dojoverse, with a hashtag. Now, me and Jordan have been kind of fighting over the hashtag, so I'm not going to say what the hashtag is yet because <laughs> we still haven't figured it out exactly. But we'll tell you guys what the hashtag is. So if you post your proof of purchase on a Friday, a week from today, you get an entry into a contest. And to, the winner, there'll be two winners, and the winners get a really cool Perdomo price pack. You get this beautiful Perdomo ceramic ashtray. Like, it's just gorgeous. A beautiful ceramic Perdomo ashtray, you get a, a Perdomo cutter, you get a Perdomo lighter, you get a, a Perdomo army um, baseball cap. So two people will get that. Now here's the thing. If you order three of them, if you order three of these boxes and you post, you post it on the Dojoverse, your proof of purchase with that hashtag that we will announce next week, that's three entries for you. So every box you buy is an entry. So you know, if you're if you're if you're feeling crazy and you buy ten boxes, boom, that's ten entries, Jordan. That's how that works. That's how that More works. Math. More math. More math. Math is so fun. Um, anyway, so we're super excited about a week from today. That goes off at noon Eastern time. JR Cigars. Uh, you'll get more info if you if you follow us um, as it gets closer. We'll make sure that you guys know what's going on. Make sure that you get the link. It's good, Jordan, also to be part of our mailing list because ultimately. The email list, that's, those are the very, very first people that get a chance. Yep. The very first people. And this thing could sell out super fast. You never know how fast they're going to sell out. You might as well just get on that list. And um, so we've had, them, we've had these where they've gone in less than an hour. 
And so there's not that many of these. There's only 5,000 cigars, which makes for 625 boxes. More math. Um, (laughs) So you're going to want to be in on that ASAP. Um, So be part of the mailing list. And if you're not sure how to be part of the mailing list, just go to CigarDojo.com and click on the article at the very top about this cigar. And inside that article, towards the bottom, there's a little sign-up sheet or a little form. And you can become part of the mailing list, which will give you a good chance of getting this particular The cigar. Dojo 10th Anniversary, colon, this time we're doing math. <laughs> this, yeah, that's the subtitle sub, uh, of the cigar. Uh, tonight, Jordan, I really should have worn a tuxedo and a... And a Indubitably, mm, old boy. What do you call those hats? Top hat. The top hat. How can I Monocle. A monocle, because we're going dapper tonight, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen. Dapper? I hardly knew it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Ian Reith. Ian from Dapper Cigar Company. How the heck are you? Hey, very good. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> was, I, was, I, was that a little too was that a little too much there? I, I feel like when we I feel like when the camera cut to you, yeah, you're just like, a little like, Yeesh. well, I don't know what the hell I've got myself into. <laughs> I felt like I should have wore a top hat. I yes. was like, shit, I didn't wear the top hat. <laughs> Almost. Not good. <laughs> uh, now, Ian. Next time. Yeah, Ian, uh, we, we met up with you at PCA and uh, had a particularly uh, fun interview with you. And Jordan and I said, you know what? we got to get this guy on the show. He's like a cool dude, and the cigars are really good. Um, so here we are, Smoke Night Live. This is episode 340, Jordan, 340. Wow. And um, so we're going to... I like these shows. We've never had Ian on the show. And there was a time, Jordan, where we, we used to do this a lot. Like we would kind of like introduce yeah. the dojo community to somebody that we had never spoke with before. And we haven't done it for a We've while. We've gotten too comfy. We've gotten too comfy, you know. And so I'm really excited to get to know Ian, get to know Dapper Cigar Company, what they're all about. So let's start there. Ian, uh, you guys are from Fresno. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm based out of Fresno. Seems like the most likely spot to start a cigar company. <laughs> uh, now, Ian, uh, take us back a bit because your company's almost 10 years old. You are a nine-year-old company, 2013. Um, how did this all come to be? How did you uh, decide you wanted to get into the cigar business? What were you doing beforehand? Give us the, give us the scoop on that part of how things got started with Dapper. Yeah, it's kind of strange because you're saying that uh, you guys are almost 10 years old as well. So it seems like about the same time that you guys were starting. Uh, Cigar Dojo was when I started to go down to Nicaragua as a consumer and uh, just kind of, uh, you know, figuring out, is this something that I wanted to do? I, I you know, I'm, I'm not from the cigar industry. Before that, I was from uh, tech. And that's really where I kind of hung my hat for a number of years, and, uh, whether it's programming or, you know, network or various uh areas of, uh, of information technology, uh, that's kind of my background. So but I technically shouldn't even be in cigars. I'm not, <laughs> you know, born in a tobacco barn or anything in Cuba. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I started as a consumer. I thought, man, it'd be great to, to figure out how to make cigars. And like a lot of guys, maybe, uh, you know, you just get into things. And tobacco was one of those things. And cigars were one of those things that I just took a little too far it's like everything i think that's a common guy trait you know yeah i i did the same sort of thing Ian. like once i got i i typically i've done that my entire life if i life if i get into like skateboarding or if i get into whatever like i can't just be in it in an ancillary way like i just i go crazy i go all out and it sounds kind of like that's what you did 
So you're you're touring uh, Nicaragua as a consumer, um, but getting from that to starting a cigar company, there's a huge chasm in there. How did how did you get from A to B? Yeah, you you kind of trick yourself, right? You you kind of know your tendencies, and you go, okay, I'm going to really get into this, but you know, I'm just going to make a few thousand cigars for myself. Yeah, so you go, okay, well, I'm going to make a few thousand cigars for myself, and then if they suck and nobody likes them, well, at least I'll be able to smoke cigars, my own cigars. And then you go, well, i got to have a band. And then you go down there and you start <laughs> figuring out, all right, well, i got to have a band. And then you go, well, you know, I can't just have bundles. i got to have a box. And then you go, okay, i figure out how to make a box. And then you go, well, I can't just paint the box. i got to have a burn box. Like, it's got to look like a cool old box. And then it just that's just what ends up happening. And and I did that for about two years. Um, and I started making cigars uh, back then, uh, just very small numbers, 5,000 of them. Uh, messed up a couple rounds, didn't really like the products, didn't end up using uh, some of them. And uh, I started with the Kubo Claro and Kubo Maduro line. And um, it, was, it, it was one of those points where you're spending a, a significant amount of money on this product and you're like, well, shit, you know, I, I can't just sit around with like 10,000 cigars in my house. That would be, that, that doesn't seem economical. I guess you got to figure out how to sell cigars, which, you know, this day I'm still figuring that out. But, <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So you, <laughs> you get on the road and, and you, you know, you go store to store and you think, Oh, this is yeah, no problem. And I, I remember the very first store that I ever went to, uh, was uh, cigar monkey up in Merced. And, um, uh, Mike, the owner, actually recently passed away. Nicest guy. And uh, I showed up and, and, you know, we went through like an hour of smoking the cigars and talking. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'll take, I'll take 10 boxes or whatever it was. And I was like, oh, I was like, wow, that was easy. And he <laughs> yeah. goes, well, uh, do you have them in your car? I'm like, no, I, I, I actually don't have 10 boxes in my car. Like, I, I didn't think you could do that. I didn't think I'd sell the cigars out of my trunk. And, um, so I said, no, I don't have them, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get them for you. And I, I left thinking this is, this is just way too easy. Like this is, it's not even, it's not even right. And I spent the next week on the road, not selling a single other box mm. and, uh, soul sucking. And then I spent the next year traveling California, uh, just figuring out how brutal it is to sell cigars on the road. So I have a tremendous amount of respect for people who do that. Uh, you know, full time, but uh, that's how it started. Now you would think, Ian, possibly that that could have been the death nail right there. Like uh, after that week of disappointment and heartbreak, you might have just said, oh, "Okay, yeah. like I'm I'm done with it." But you 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 yeah. push forward. Well, you know, like any bad traits, you're like, I will overcome this. I will I will sell these cigars one way or another. And uh, that's pretty much been the last 10 years of uh, being in the cigar business. You know, it's, it's um, from my perspective, uh, it's, it's, just, it's just one long learning experience. You know, it's um, in technology and in, in what I was doing uh, outside of the cigar business. There's, it's just so different, you know, and, and you're talking about I'm trying to sell cigars at a very uh, low price. And, you know, on the other side, I'm working in an IT industry where we deal with, you know, items that are <laughs> in the six figures and up. Uh, and uh, how one could be so hard versus the other, it's, uh, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. 
still to this day. Now, way back then, um, when you were first getting going, what uh, what factory did you did you first uh, have your first cigars done through? Yeah, so I started uh, with Tobacco Lara Carreras before uh, they were they were kind of starting uh, their first factory with a gentleman named Gonzalo Puentes. And I had met him through a, uh, at that time, there was a restaurant in uh, Esteli. It's still there, but it's not in the same location. It's called Cohefer. And that was, there was like three restaurants in Esteli that like everybody visited. And that just happened to be one of them. And Gonzalo's girlfriend at that time owned that restaurant. And so he was making some contract cigars for various people uh, and then ended up becoming the production manager at Tobacco Carreras. And that's where I started on our first lines. We don't make cigars there today, but uh, that was my initial start. Uh, what really changed things for me was, you know, maybe about three years after that, I was trying to purchase Broadly, Connecticut Broadly. And um, it, I really had no clue about, you know, how to go about it to the sense that I was just kind of like emailing tobacco people, you know, you go online and you, you find ASPO, they sell tobacco. All right, well, let me just send a note to their main office. And I, I remember sending a note into Oliva Tobacco, you know, like a like an idiot, you know, <laughs> and, and you know, using the contact form, you know, fill out your name, you know. <laughs> to whom it may concern, I'm interested in Broadleaf Tobacco. I don't know if you have any, but I would be very interested in it. And I ended up getting a response back <laughs> from John Oliva Sr., And it was basically like this one-lined email that was like, Gustavo Cura is your man in Nicaragua. He's who you need to talk to. Now, mind you, there wasn't like, um, there wasn't like his contact information. There wasn't like any information that uh, would perhaps indicate to me how to reach this Gustavo Cura. Uh, There was nothing that... I think it was just kind of like, all right, this guy's never going to, he's never going to figure this out. So (laughs) I'll just be nice and respond. And uh, I ended up going down to Nicaragua and I ended up, uh, you know, asking some of my buddies, hey, where do I go to leave tobacco? Oh, we'll leave tobacco for some niece. You got to go here. You know, we do all that. And I I met uh, Gus for the first time down there. And and that's what really turned, um, it was a year or so after that because the first meeting was a very uh, interesting meeting of which he was he politely uh, told me that I, I couldn't buy any broadly from him. Um, but uh, he did give me some words of encouragement and uh, and years later you know we make cigars with them uh, in Oliva at Noxa facility which is partially uh, which is in, in combination with Oliva tobacco um, and and yeah it kind of took off from that years and years later after going through more iterations of and whatnot of uh, of learning about tobacco and, and expanding our lines, etc. So, uh, so this the moral of the story is stalking can pay off if you just stalk <laughs> somebody long enough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's that's that's been my dating uh, strategy as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, healthy stalking, healthy, healthy, healthy yeah, not of course, like, not, yeah, yeah, like normal stalking, not like you know. Uh, non-normal stocking. <laughs> so the, the the next cigar that you produced after your kind of first fun run that you were doing as maybe a cigar that you would just smoke yourself, uh, what was the next one that came along um, after that? 
So the next ones came out were El Baracho and La Madrina. Uh, and they both kind of came out at the same time. And it was really, uh, we, we kind of, it was kind of a tumultuous situation because the FDA stuff was kind of coming in towards mm, the end right. of it. And um, that was one of those moments where uh, you're going, okay, I, I, I bought all of this all of these printables and they're very expensive, you know, I mean, you guys know bands, box artwork and all that stuff. I invested all this money in, 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 in purchasing all this product. Um, and then all of a sudden it, it kind of becomes known that, you know, or unknown that, uh, this whole FDA thing, she, um, we were, we were a new company, so we weren't predicated product before 2008 or whatever it is, 2007. Um, so I released El Baracho and La Madrina with really screwed up sizing. And the reason we did it at the time was because there, the prevailing thought was that if we used predicated sizes, sizes that existed, uh, prior to 2008, 2007, that we would have a shot at maybe possibly staying on market. And so, uh, we, I blended these cigars, but then when we blended them, it was like I had to blend these really weird sizes from back in the early 2000s. Like our Toro was a five and five ace by 54 and, you know, just really weird stuff. Uh, but we did that and, and we, and we, uh, we released both of those at the same time, regardless of messed up sizing. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're still trying to trying to uh, uh, correct maybe some of all of those things that we did from back when we thought we had to do all these really weird things to, to survive through FDA regulation. Now, if you're watching, I think, um, and you're maybe not super familiar with um, Dapper, um, I think you guys will recognize this, this cigar gets posted quite a bit. Um, oh, yeah. That's the first one I remember. Yeah, this is sort of like the first one that got onto my uh, radar. Ian, talk a little bit about this particular cigar for folks. Yeah, that's our like most popular cigar just because of the band. But it's also like a cigar that nobody knows that we make because uh, we obviously uh, are doing something not correct in our <laughs> advertising. Um, but La Madrina was a... Uh, it, it's really, when I got making cigars at Noxa and working with a real old excuse me, Raul Disla. Um, I had a lot of tobacco that was available to me to, to blend with and use that I'd never had before. And so before I was working with predominantly Nicaraguan fillers and then using the standard Ecuadorian wrappers. And when we got to Noxa, there were so many different kinds of uh, fillers that I could use from the Dominican, from the US, from Honduras, uh, that it kind of expanded my blending uh, options. And so that cigar ended up being blended towards more of a fuller body. But we had, for the first time, we used cigars, uh, tobacco from uh, Dominican. We used some Pennsylvania Broadleaf. Uh, we used a San Andreas wrap, uh, binder on that cigar, excuse me, Ecuadorian wrapper. So really, it's a very, uh, it's a very complex blend. Um, and, and, and I don't know, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if, the, if it's the blend that resonates or if it's the blend plus the, uh, the artwork, because we have a ton of fans on that cigar and, yeah. uh, it's probably our most recognizable, uh, brand, both 
in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. So uh, I right now I'm smoking the El Baracho. Is that how you say that? Right. Let's see if I can get that. Yeah, the drunkard. There we go. Oh, no. Nope. Oh. Do you can't do it. Nope. I can't, I can't ah. do it. Jordan. Oh, let's go sexy. Why can't I? Okay, here's sexy cam. <laughs> sexy cam can get it. Look at that. There you go. Sexy cam will get it. Sexy cam gets everything. Look at that. Sexy. And uh, uh, this is another. You know, I one cool thing, Ian, that you do, and there's a couple brands that I could think of that are also good at this, um, but you, you're, you're especially good at it, so this is a testament to you. It's... It's cool to see brands that have a vintage feel, but there's it's it's also modern. Like it's not over over the top vintage. There's there's a modern element to it, and pretty much all of your cigars, like Warped, is another one that does this really well. Um, I can't think of any other ones right now, Jordan. But uh, Warped does it very well. You guys do it very well. I like the fact that it has like a vintage feel, but at the same time, it also for some reason feels modern to me. Yeah, that, that's kind of our thing. It's like, um, you know, Dan Gretta is our designer. And everything that we design, we try to make it uh, kind of modern, nostalgic. And I've always thought about it in the sense of, you know, if I had, if, if we took a box of our products and we put it in one of those little time capsules and bury it in the ground and some guy pulled it out of the ground 100 years from now, I would want him to look at that and go, dude, I want to smoke that. Uh, versus, eh, it's a little too, you know, uh, it's a little too modern or it's a little too of that time. I kind of want everything to kind of have a homage back to what cigars that I liked and what got me in as a consumer to cigars. I think you're right. Like guys like Warp do a great job of that. Uh, Crown Heads mm-hmm. uh, does an amazing job uh, of that. Uh, and, and even, I would dare to say, like Foundation, even though that's they're, they're, they have a lot of modern, looks they're also super nostalgic and and you know, like they're wise man uh the box artwork and how they do that stuff so there's a lot of brands that i really look at and go man that's that's really cool i wish i would have done something like that now ian most people that start a cigar company the way you did um from scratch like this um they're typically not blending the cigars themselves you're you're involved in the blending you blend the cigars what what's I mean, what was what is your process like? What was it back then? Has that part of it evolved for you? Were you basically just saying, "Yeah, let me try some of this. Let me try some of that. I want to start with, um, you know, this type of a flavor, and then I go from there." Like, how how did you find your rhythm as far as actually blending cigars that the consumers that you don't even know are going to like? Yeah, I I actually like the blending and the the manufacturing side better than I like. Uh, the sales side, <laughs> I, I, I'm not particularly very fond of all of the, the things that, you know, that probably make you the most successful in the cigar business. Uh, I'd rather be in the factory just working on product. And, and I love tobacco. I'm really fascinated with the agricultural process of it. It's just kind of my geeky side of it. Uh, when I blend, you know, I used to blend based on fam- familiarity. So I would always write down, you know, which particular uh, varietals of plant, which seed types and in which areas from a high level that that crop came from. And then I would blend on that. But what's what's happened is that, you know, ever since I started making product at Noxa and, I, and I've become good friends with uh, several blenders and tobacco people is they've they've really taught me a lot about tobacco and 
and they've given me access to a lot of tobacco uh, that I would normally never be able to taste. And so I taste all this tobacco from various uh, parts of the world and I, I look at it and I taste, I try to taste it by itself and I try to taste it in its primings and I try to constantly do that. And I kind of have a really uh, moronic maybe way of doing it. What I do is I, <laughs> I have a big, I have a legal pad and um, I have uh, uh, like, uh, what I'll do is I try to Twitterize my notes. So I keep it to a very short uh, description. So I'll say something's like salty. I, I'll say something sweet. And then I have uh, the smiley face thing, either it's mm. up, down or neutral. And so I'll just, I'll literally go through all the tobacco that I have available to us or that I'm interested in using. And I'll write these notes on a big legal pad. And then I will start trying to combine the primates. Um, and, and I will cheat. I will ask people like Gus, what did famous guys do before? And so I've gotten a lot of advice from the old guys that used to blend back in the eighties, like people like Frank Vanessa, they all had lots of tricks about what tobaccos really pair well together. Uh, for instance, Sumatra and Broadleaf pairs really well together. And so I'll take those and constantly try all the iterations because I'm kind of that geeky computer guy, right? You try every combination until you figure out what's kind of work and then you just work from there. So that's how I blend today. Uh, it's the combination of cheating, it's a combination of tasting, it's a combination of of uh, putting together what you think will work. And then after all that's done, I'll give it to my uh, my buddies that I trust their palate and either, uh, and depending on the reaction of certain people, I'll know that it's something that I want to be happy with and that I think I'm going to make a product out of. If Gus doesn't throw it against the back wall of this house, that means he's got a shot. Uh, <laughs> if uh, Raul doesn't like it, then it's probably going to work because usually him and I disagree on everything. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so I kind of go through that process. But it's a, it's a very, um, I, I don't know, it's my blending process. It's the thing that, you know, the, the, the putting together of the products is what I like most about the business. Um, you know, so that's really my happy spot. That's, that's what I like doing the best. So, so that's interesting that yeah. you and Raul disagree on profile, but recently you had him, like, you kind of stole a blend from him, right? With yeah, that. no, I, I, he, he's very, very certain particular palate. He, he loves certain types of cigars that are very, um, I would call them very Nicaraguan-esque, which is weird because he's Dominican, but he's been in Nicaragua for the last, uh, you know, who knows, 20 years, 15 years, and he's developed a very certain type of palate. And usually I don't like those cigars, but every once in a while, uh, what will happen is every cigar that I end up doing, I'll take it to Raul and go, Raul, smoke it. What do you think? And then I'll ask him, of course, subsequently, how would you make that better? Or how would you change it? Or what would you do to combat what you like? But at the end of the day, I always choose a cigar that I like because, you know, I'm paying for it. So <laughs> it's, I'm going to buy the one that I like. But uh, in, in the case of the Desvolito Diesel that we released this last year, Raul was smoking a blend that was really, really great. And 
it was a it, it, it really shares very little in common with our Desvalido original release. Um, but it was so good and I was smoking so many of them that I was like, you know, this really should be a cigar. And uh, so uh, Raul was happy enough to, uh, or he was kind enough to allow me to steal it. And, um, and, and I, I really like going outside of our box because, you know, another guy that um, recently I spoke with is a guy named uh, Hostos, I think, from the Bacalera Isla, I think. Um, yeah. He's out of VR. And uh, he gave me uh, a bunch of samples and cigars that he was making out of his factory. And while they're not my style, per se, on the flavor, uh, they were excellent cigars. And I thought, man, you know, we don't offer cigars that taste like this. And I'm, I would love to capture uh, people like that to our brand that maybe don't smoke what I smoke all the time. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm open enough to say that. Yeah, you know, um, the, the Desvelito, um, it's right here. If I can get this, Jordan. I never can do it. Oh, God. Son of a... Center. Center. Center it. It can't. It won't. Anyways, I don't remember if this was... Here, sexy cam, Jordan. Sexy. <laughs> well, sexy I'm, cam. I'm not in that oh. mode. Sorry. I don't remember if this was... Did you, I don't know if it was TPE or PCA. I don't remember. But uh, Robbie and... Or I think Randy might have interviewed you, um, Ian, and they brought back some samples... And I grabbed this particular cigar and smoked it. And I was like, oh, man, like this, this is really good. I remember it being one of my favorite cigars that show. And I talked about it for a couple months after that. And so um, talk a little bit about this cigar. I feel like this cigar, I don't know, I could, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But in my opinion, this cigar would be one that if somebody was like, ah, I don't know about Dapper, like uh, what should I try? Like. I would probably, um, because I, I really like the style of, of a cigar, um, I would point them here because it's real approachable. It's got a lot of flavor. Uh, it doesn't really matter if they like strong cigars or if they like more mild cigars. I think anybody is going to like this particular cigar. Talk a little bit about this particular cigar. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, that's uh, that was one of my highlights of the show. I It, it, it always, uh, uh, it's, it's why... I love doing that part of the business is when somebody like yourself who smokes a lot of cigars, admittedly, you guys probably have smoked more cigars and variety than I have. And when they come up to you and go, dude, that was a great cigar. That's like, that makes your day. Uh, so I appreciate that. And thanks for letting me know. But that cigar, we'd actually printed all the printables at the same time as El Baracho La Madrina. And I never could get a blend for that. And so that cigar uh, is the accumulation of probably eight years or seven years worth of me going and figuring things out, figuring out my style and blending. And it, that cigar came about on the blend finally because of some hybrid tobacco, as well as using us tobaccos and getting, you know, broadleafs and their hybrid variants in the fillers, I believe creates a really interesting smoking experience. And when you combine that with Ecuadorian Habana Rosado wrapper, which I love the Rosado wrapper that Oliva grows, if I had it up to me, I'd probably put half of our cigars with that wrapper because it's just such a great wrapper. Um, combined with the, the hybrids and combined with just classic Nicaraguan tobacco, it kind of hits all flavor points for me and it, it kind of is interesting for me. It gives me enough interestingness. I feel like a lot of times when you're using single country origin fillers, 
they kind of become almost predictable to me. Like you, you feel like it's going to taste like that. Uh, like, you know, you read the descriptor of what maybe the tobacco is. And you're like, okay, I already know what this is going to kind of taste like. And then you taste it. You're like, oh, okay, it tastes exactly like I thought it was going to taste like. So for me, I wanted to create something that was really unique. And, and really, uh, Steve Saka kind of gave me this advice very early on. And he said that, you know, every cigar that you do or that he does, he tries to create cigars that don't compete with his other cigars. And so I really, uh, I really took that to heart because I thought, you know, that's right. Like, I don't want, I want each cigar to have its own lane. And so I hope that every cigar that we blend and make doesn't compete with another cigar that we make. They're, they're, they're uniquely different in, in flavor and profile and taste compared to the other cigars. And that cigar was the accumulation of, of, you know, the first seven or eight years of me figuring out how to blend. So I appreciate you saying that. Right. Um, all right, Jordan, let's go to commercial break. Um, this show, folks, is sponsored by JR Cigars, one of the world's largest online cigar stores. JR's inventory ranges from everyday bundled cigars to incredibly high-end boxes, plus a large selection of cigar accessories. Enjoy the best prices on your favorite brands, such as Romeo e Julieta, Monte Cristo, Crown Heads, Davidoff, and many more. And make sure to try one of their exclusive lines, like the Drew Estate Nightshade, or the limited edition Alec and Bradley Wagyu, or Friday, you're going to want to buy this from JR Cigars. Uh, just a little side note there. Celebrate over 50 years of excellence and stock up on your favorite cigars today. This is episode 340 of Smoke Night Live. We are chatting with Ian Reith of Dapper Cigar Company. Ian, um, just to uh, piggyback off of that last point that you made, um, talking about like cigars in their lane and, and, and that kind of a thing, um, how do you balance the fact that you you know you have eight lines or so I don't know how many lines you have now but how do you make sure that you where do you go like okay I want to expand this line or I want to create a new line I mean because you can get into that rut where you've just got so many SKUs so many different brands to support that it can become a mess do you do you have a strategy to sort of balance that out so that you're not um, you know um, uh, producing too many brands or you're not just focusing too much on existing brands. Where's the balance? Yeah, I mean, I'm still trying to figure that out, but you're right. We're, we're trying to round out our quote-unquote core lines of cigars. And, um, you know, I'm always about cigars that if I smoke a cigar and I love it, I, I, I want to get that cigar again. I don't want it to be like, you know, it's super limited or something. So, um, you know, I... I don't know what the formula is. I'm still trying to figure out the formula of what resonates, but my current philosophy is that we'll try the best to do our branding and packaging on a product. Um, I'll obviously do everything I can to blend to what I think that product's going to be. And then we throw it out there. And if it resonates, great. And if it doesn't resonate, you know, we kind of take the, the baby out back and shoot it. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like Kubo, Claro, and Maduro, we don't offer that anymore. And we don't offer it because it wasn't resonating to the tune that other brands were resonating. And so what we did is we killed them off. And when we killed them off, we were lacking a shade cigar. 
And uh, as you know, the, uh, as 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 one gentleman, Nick Perdomo, told me, if you don't have a shade cigar, you're effing stupid because uh, <laughs> it's a huge part of the market. And uh, and he's right. So what did we do? We created a shade cigar, and we used the brand that was resonating the most, which was our La Madrina brand. And so we that's created right. La Madrina right shade. And, Let's see if I can do. Yeah, it. And so, oh, yeah. you did it! I got it. I got that one. I got that one. Focus, baby. Yeah. There you go. All right, sorry. I'll keep going. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's uh, why we did that in a shade was because we went off of what was resonating. We ex- we we did that line and that that line's doing very well. Um, which, by the way, the the Perdomo Champagne is one of my my favorite Connecticut shade cigars. Not just saying that because you know you guys are doing a, a release on that, but it's a oh, yeah. great great cigar for a shade. Yeah, I mean um, that it's so it's so funny, Ian, because. Um, like a cigar smoker's journey, it kind of goes. It's I know this isn't every journey, but it does tend to go something like this. Like you have you know the lighter, milder Connecticut's. You like those, then you start working your way, and then and then you go through this Maduro phase where you just want to smoke every because you had a Pajot 1964 anniversario, so you want to smoke every you know deep dark Maduro, bring it on, and maybe you. You pop in with some Cubans and you try that for a while. You get sick of those, and you kind of and there, then there comes a point when you circle all the way back around to the shade cigars, and that that's that's where I've been in the last couple of years. Like, if I can find like a really good Ecuadorian Connecticut, like to me that it takes a lot of talent to blend that really well because I think it's easy to make a crappy one, but I think it's hard to make a good one because it has to have nuance and it has to be able to balance out that kind of hay grass flavor and all those kind of things it's sort of like in the beer world like it's probably easier to make a a dark stout than it is to make a really complex like really good pilsner or something like that so like i found myself circling back around um to the shade uh grown stuff because i i feel like when you get a good one there's so much little nuance in there that it's fun to discover yeah, it's it's funny because two years ago, uh, when we were coming out with the La Madrina Shade, I was also doing a sweet tip shade project called Kubata Crew, and I uh, really don't like shade. I'm, I'm not a fan of shade. I think a lot of blenders aren't shade fans because by itself, shade is a little bit a little bit off putting, especially when you're comparing it against a you know a fermented wrapper. Um, like a yeah, just anything fermented non-shade uh, besides candela. But um, uh, I got to the point where we, where I was smoking a lot of shade cigars, and we were blending tons of shade cigars, and I it was kind of like a personal hell, but it was also great because I got to blend cigars that I could put up with and really love. And I remember taking uh, a La Madrina shade on the final blends that I knew I was going to make that cigar, whether or not anybody said anything. And I gave it to my buddy Gus down in Nika and, and he works for leaving tobacco. And he looked at me and he kind of gave me that look like Ian, no offense, bro, but you know, I don't like shade cigars and I hope you're not offended if I don't smoke this. Like, but yeah, yeah I, know, I know. And he just put it like, I think he just gave it back to me. He didn't even take the cigar to smoke it. Like, <laughs> it was kind of rude. Funny. And, and, and it was it was just funny. And he was just like, "Look, man, I'm just trying to. I don't like it." Was, okay, so 
we we sat there, we drank, there's guys there that night, and then I remember leaving my pack of shade cigars out on the bar counter that night. And the next day I came back to the house and uh and apparently he had ran out of his cigar because everybody smoked all his cigars. And he saw the shade cigar out there on the bar counter and he smoked it during lunch apparently after his lunch. He just smoked it. And he came to me that night and he goes and he goes, I gotta tell you, what is in that fucking shade cigar that you you had out there? I was like, oh, I, you know, I told him the blend and everything. He goes, that does not taste like a shade cigar. He goes, what are you using to get that not taste like a shade cigar? I told him. And he goes, that's a damn good shade cigar. I don't like shade cigars, but that's a damn good shade cigar, and I'd smoke that. And that's how that blend ended up becoming. But before he told me that, I was already going to make that cigar because I was happy with how that shade, how that flavor profile came out. And really my blending approach to shade is, how can I take the shade out of the shade? How can I take the bite that you get in a typical Ecuadorian shade wrapper out? And and so I felt like, and, and, and I feel like that for Cubata Crew as well, I feel like both of those shade cigars don't have that weird bite that you normally get in the Connecticut shade. Now, at the end of the show, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the, the newest stuff that you released at uh, PCA. Uh, but before we get there, just... Um you know, a little bit more about yourself. Um, talk about some of your role models in the industry. Who who are some guys that have uh, helped you out along the way, and how have they helped you out along the way? You've mentioned a couple as we've as we've talked, but uh, maybe you can, uh, you know, have a story or two about some of the guys that maybe uh, help point you in the right direction here or there. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have a lot of role models, Uh Obviously, Gustavo Cura is a huge role model of mine. He's a mentor, a friend. Um, he's allowed me to do, a, I mean, I'm not able to be here without him, without the Olivas, without uh, John Olivas, without Senior, Junior, with all the, Joe Delazal, all the people at Leva Tobacco. Raul Disla, the production manager at Knott's, a great, uh, amazing role model. Uh, and, you know, honestly, I have a lot of people that I've met, like guys like uh, Nick Malilo and Steve Saka and all these guys there. Tremendous. Uh, they've all been very, very helpful um, for me personally. Both, uh, you know, with their long experience in the business, um, uh, just the the tips and advice, and you know, and and even people that uh, just along the way that I've run into uh, a lot of people that I really looked up to um, from a consumer standpoint have been very uh, helpful and whatnot. But I would say. Uh, you know, Gus, Nick, Spisaka, a guy named Greg Dana, super, he's not in our industry per se. He, he makes uh, machine manufactured cigars, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, he is, uh, he's been uh, tremendously helpful as well. But uh, yeah, Gus and Oliva, Tobacco, Raul, all these guys, that's kind of my, my close uh, inner circle of friends. What do you, uh, besides the cigar industry and being, you know, your love for tobacco. What other, what are, what other stuff is uh, Ian into? Are you like a, like a movie guy? You like a sports guy? Anything that, uh, you like uh, fly fishing? Yeah. What's, what's your, what do you do on your time off? I try to stay away from any more hobbies. I don't want to get sucked. <laughs> you know, God forbid I play golf. You know, next thing you know, it's a club company or something. Uh, yeah, 
I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty boring, man. I just work my, I work my butt off like a lot of people and just, uh, try to, uh, try to, try to do what I'm doing. You know, I, I enjoy drinking. That's yes, a hobby. That is, uh, that's a good, for, that's a good hobby. Fortunately, I I've not had the itch to, uh, do my own liquor, which is great. Are you, uh, wait, wait, are you, a, are you a, a bourbon guy? Are you a scotch guy or what are you, what are you? I'm so progressed in drinking. I'm a clear grain vodka guy. Oh, jeez! Wow, you're just funneling it right in. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. No, I love scotch. I love scotch. I love whiskey. Um, but you know, I'm not. I, I'm not chasing. Uh, you know the uh, the rarities. I kind of love the idea of having something that's just great all the time. I'm just that that that's my mentality. I stick to the core lines. You know, um, I I. Scotch, I love, uh, you know, but again, I'm not chasing the compass boxes or the crazy, you know, uh, smoky, peaty stuff. Like if you honestly gave me a glass of Johnny uh, Black, I'm happy, happy. If you gave me some Aberfeldy, great. Uh, you know, anything too hard to find, I'm going to be like, yeah, it's a little bit too much effort, you know. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm pretty simple in that regards. I, I I try to surround all my hobbies around what I'm doing professionally. So, uh, sports, I've kind of gotten into F1. I oh, gotta right. tell you, that's man, cool. That, that whole Netflix, uh, deal got me hooked on, mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. on, on F1. So I'm, I'm big into F1. I wake up at stupid hours on Sunday morning to watch the, <laughs> the races, smoke cigars, obviously, you know, uh, drink coffee, smoke cigars, watch a little F1, but yeah, uh, not too enthralled with, or not too uh, uh, obsessed with anything other than uh, cigars, and maybe I, I'm a technology guy. Obviously, I'm, I'm more into uh, uh, maybe the geekier parts of it. But um, yeah, that, that's pretty, pretty Johnny, much it. Johnny uh, commenter Johnny Metallica wants to know what uh, music do you like? Oh, yeah. What was uh, well? Uh, yeah, what was Ian listening to in third grade? That's what I want to know. Boom. So third grade was bad because I was, uh, <laughs> it was bad. I, 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 yeah, I'm going to, I guess I'm going to throw my parents on the bus here a little bit, but, uh, I, my dad was kind of went through a period where he became heavily religious for, uh, maybe my early part of my life. And so I was going to a school where, you know, they were teaching you that, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but they're like, if you listen to, uh, like a Judas Priest, you're basically listening to Satan's music kind of thing. And so uh, what did I do? I listened to you know, Queen, Judas Priest, you know, like <laughs> I got into that stuff, you know, on the down low. And it, it also helped. We had a neighbor that was uh, into hash, which was great as well uh, at that time. Not third grade, obviously, in the late <laughs> middle school. But uh, uh, yeah, I'm but yeah, I grew. I'm a '90s guy, so kind of like alternative '90s is is uh, yes. is kind of my wheelhouse. What was the, what was and the first uh, what was the first live show you saw? Do you remember? First live man, I I I did not. I still do not go to a lot of concerts, and I can't. It was probably some weird Christian band. To be honest, it was probably not great. So nineteen ni- ni- you're in the nineties music still like to this day. Like, I I still, I mean to to me like I still listen to the Ramones, the Clash, like all my favorites. Do so you still do you still like get into the yeah. the nineties stuff that you got into back in the day? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, a little bit. 
you know, I'm, I, I don't go to a lot of concerts, so I, 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 I don't got you there. But uh, all those people yeah, are dead I mean, anyway, so you know. Yeah, they're they're gradually going <laughs> yeah. away. I mean, you know, what was what was sad to me was one of my big all time favorites is Tom Petty, mm. and when he died, and I didn't get a chance to see him, I was really depressed for mm. like a couple of days. I was like just super super bummed that I didn't get to see Tom Petty, uh, you know. And uh, so that's kind of one of my things. Uh, uh, is, is maybe now that I have the ability to afford going to decent concerts, uh, I need to get to some of these concerts before these guys go away. I actually saw Tom Petty was one of the first shows I ever saw. I saw him at Red Rocks, and I got a terrible sunburn. Oh. Terrible, <laughs> terrible sunburn that day. Oh, it was horrible. Um, all right. Damn Ian, the sunscreen. I, well, when you're like nine years old, you don't think of that stuff. You know, you're stupid. But um, sure. uh, Ian, let's talk a little bit about. Um, the new stuff. One of the things that caught my eye at the PCA show um, was your bundled cigars that you have, which are called Major Mics. And I wish I had a bundle here to show everybody, but um, you maybe you yeah, do, Ian. Um, they have a really, really cool branding. All right, Ooh, yeah. Here we, here we go. Hold on. Let's see that. That that yeah. reminds me so much of these trading cards that my dad had when he was a little kid. They were called war cards, and they had artwork like that on them. And I still have those cards somewhere to this day. Um, but talk about uh, uh, doing a uh, doing a, a, a cheaper, I hate using that word, but a, a more uh, affordable, a more affordable um, cigar in a bundle like that. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, we go to these trade shows and we're all cigar guys and we're all cigar geeks for the most part. We sell premium cigars and then all anybody wants to talk about is our bundle cigar. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and our... Uh, my our national sales guy Alex freaking hated the idea of bundles. He just was like, "Dude, don't do bundles. It's not nobody. We're not making any money on bundles. It's like a fruitless endeavor." And so, what do I do? I'm like, dude, we're doing a bundle, man. We're doing a bundle. And uh, I, uh, what what strike me as really weird was that, you know, we make all these cigars, and and ultimately, I kind of got my cigar you know, my, the, the, the initiative maybe, cause my dad smoked a lot of cigars growing up. He smoked really cheap cigars. They were all bundles. They were all like non-marked. Uh, they were during the, uh, nineties craze of bundles. So he was buying them from guys like JR. He was buying them from guys like, uh, Mike cigars, uh, mail order back before it was really even internet. And I remember that as a kid. I remember him telling me all these crazy stories that probably Steve Saka wrote uh, back when he was writing JR. Uh, but uh, it just made sense to me that, you know, my dad, having smoked all those cigars growing up and, and, and the large majority of people out there that smoke bundled cigars, you know, if we're going to be a cigar company, we have to have products that fit all of the various pricing points and, 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 and offerings. And so uh, we were, we're making enough production now at Noxa that we have a significant amount of scrap or, or leftovers from our, from our uh, production. And it's all great leftovers. It's really good. It's, it's all the same leaf that we use in any of our production cigars. So the, the, the good way to use or make use of that is to do what they do. They do what they call a sandwich cigar, which is basically you take that scrap, you mix it up, 
into a certain ratio or certain uh, blend. Uh, and then you sandwich it with some long filler so that it kind of holds at the beginning and the end. Uh, and you, and you, put a, a, you put a decent wrapper on it. And so that's what we did. And I really wanted to kind of name it towards what my dad and my grandfather uh, in the military, uh, I wanted to give it that feel. I've always been a big World War II guy. I've always been a fan of, of the like uh, recruitment posters in World War II. I love that artwork and the look of it. So I thought, man, it would be great if I could name a cigar after my dad. Maybe it might be memorable, and maybe we can use that kind of nostalgic World War II feel. And so that's why we called it Major Mike's. My dad's obviously is a major. He was in the Air Force. Uh, his grandfather's, in, uh, or his father, or my grandfather's in the, the Army. And so we've kind of modeled them after those. And the um, the uh, the Air Force version is the shade version, and the uh, sorry. My uh, landlord's coming by to smoke cigars. In the- <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's, uh, yeah, so that's why it's named Major Mike's. And uh, it was uh, really, really popular uh, at the trade show, which I thought was odd for a bundled cigar. But I think it was because maybe the uh, artwork resonated uh, with folks. Yeah, I think but, so. Yeah. Uh, how'd the show go for you overall? What did you think? It was good. For us, it was good. You know, every year we, we try to grow a little bit more and more, and, and uh, it was good. Um, I wish it could be better. I wish there were more um, retailers that showed up, but I'm sure that's the the uh, same for everybody. Uh, but uh, it was good. I, we had a great show. We probably didn't bring enough samples because, um, you know, we kind of ran out of everything in the first, uh, like, day or so. I was getting really nervous about that. But uh, it was good. You know, it was very good. Excellent. So uh, tell folks uh, where they can get Dapper cigars. I assume uh, a lot of online retailers. Uh, if your brick and mortar doesn't have them, you should go ask them about it. You, really, guys, there's, uh, there's, I've not had a bad Dapper cigar. This is a, a really good product, something you should get your hands on. How can people find these? Yeah, so we have a semi-updated list uh, on DapperCigars.com uh, under Retailers. Um, the list is growing every week, uh, in and out and, and changing, but yeah, you, like you said, ultimately, uh, people that, uh, that go, you know, if they go into their local brick and mortar and, uh, they don't carry us, uh, and they, you know, them asking the, the retailer enough times that helps us tremendously because at the end of the day, that helps us, uh, get in the queue or the buying queue of, uh, of retailers and uh, we, we try to maintain a, 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 an accurate list on the website. There are online uh, retailers that they can purchase from as well. Uh, Small Batch Cigars, a huge supporter of us, Neptune Cigars, um, uh, various uh, other uh, now Atlantic Cigars. So there's, there's a lot of online retailers for people that are either, uh, uh, they don't have a brick and mortar close to them or it's just more convenient for them to order online. So. Yeah, well, very good. Ian, I can't thank you enough for taking the time on Friday night to join us on Smoke Night Live, my friends. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me on. Guys, tonight, if you've got Dapper in your humidor, go grab one. Check in on the dojoverse.com. We're trying to get the brand to number one tonight, the number one brand of the day. That's our goal. 
So um, uh, uh, close we're, too. We're getting very close to that. We'll have some fun all night long. It's Friday night. We're gonna have some fun. But uh, first of all, Wednesday, Flavor Odyssey has a wild card edition. Uh, Robbie and Randy will be back on Flavor Odyssey. The wild card edition is. Not one of my favorites. I'm going to just tell you that right now. It's a uh, peated scotch. I'm not a big peated scotch guy. So Robbie and Randy will be trying to find the best cigar pairing for a peated scotch. And Jordan and I will... Kentucky Fire Cured or something? <laughs> Jordan and I will be uh, begrudgingly following along. But that'll be fun on uh, Wednesday night. Next Friday night, of course, is the big night. Uh, Friday, uh, the sale of our... Our 10th anniversary Perdomo, uh, that's in the morning at noon Eastern time. That's when that starts. But then Friday night, um, Nick Labretti from JR Cigar and Nick Perdomo the from... Uh, yeah, it's, it's By the way, for the rest of the year, Jordan, only guys named Nick will be on the show. Oh. That's my goal. Just There will be no other guests in, unless their name is Nick. So, that's but, all I got. But a week, a week from tonight, uh, Nick Perdomo... And uh, Nick Labretti will be on the show. We'll be talking about all kinds of stuff, but obviously we'll be talking about the uh, the big release as well. So that's going to be be fun. Uh, hey, Friday night, Friday night, Herf. Check in your favorite cigars. Uh, share what you're drinking. Do some hashtag now playing. We're gonna have fun all night long. We're probably gonna get the cornhole sets out. Oh yeah, play a little cornhole right you now. Practice up for the Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. Yeah, that's coming up in uh, in a month from now. Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. So uh, it's gonna be a blast. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. Please share the show on your favorite um, uh, Stitcher podcast, Apple, all those things. Do all, do all those things. Do them all because that five star. that on. really does help. Until next week, remember. Never, Never smoke, smoke alone. alone. We'll see you guys next week. The Monte Cristo 1935 Nicaragua was one of the most highly rated cigars of the year. Expertly crafted by legendary blenders Rafael Nadal and AJ Fernandez, this cigar was blended to celebrate the 85th anniversary of the Monte Cristo line. It is hand-rolled using all-age Nicaraguan tobaccos exclusively from AJ's farm. This bold cigar is bursting with rich notes of chocolate, leather, a dash of spice, and a smooth, creamy finish. Enjoy one of the finest cigars of the year right now at jrcigars.com.